You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. And we're back, another episode of the Torah Sparks Podcast. It's Parshas Vayetze. You know what that means? Well, I mean, that's exactly what it means. It means it's Parshas Vayetze. So if you go to Shul and Shabbos, that's what they will be laying. Okay. Have you ever been to an amusement park? Maybe yeah, maybe not. I'm sure you're familiar with the claw game, right? When was the last time you played that claw game? You, you know what I'm talking about. You spend five bucks to handle a joystick, and you hope to grab a funny-looking stuffed animal with the metal claw. And if you ever wondered why those cages are always filled with stuffed animals, the reason is simple. It's because no one ever wins. Uh, I mean, sort of. All, all joking aside, there, there really is a method to have at least a greater chance. Really, like, to be honest, it's, I don't know if I've ever won one one of these games. Um, there is a method, though, to the madness. There is a method that can increase your chance of winning at the claw game. And that is... Too often, people try to grab a whole bunch of the stuffed animals at once in order, right, with the hope to come up with one. And this approach proves time and again that it's just not going to work. It's an almost guaranteed way to come up short and grab nothing. The real pros at the claw game know how to zero in and focus on one of the stuffed animals. And they make the coordinates and they could kind of see it with their eye and they do it exact. And then they send the claw down. And using this strategy offers the player a much greater chance of winning one of these stuffed animals, which between you and I, they'll probably end up giving away in the next few months anyways. People don't really hold on to those for so long. But um, it's, it's am I going to try to get it all? That methodology proves to you end up getting very little, maybe nothing. But when you try for the little bit, then you could come up or have a greater chance of coming with something. You know, in the Haggadah of Pesach, I know it's almost Hanukkah. We're not up to Pesach yet. However, there is something very relevant to our Parsha. You know, the in Haggadah, we say, Go and learn. By the way, say um Interesting, say Vayetze, Parshas Vayetze, perhaps it, it, it is related. Um, because we're, as we're going to see, this is really um, very much Nogea, Parshas Vayetze. So perhaps it's a, a remez, I'm actually just thinking of this now, perhaps it's a remez in the Haggadah when we say Tseilomad, look back at Parshas Vayetze. So look at what, ya- what, what Lavan Harami wished to do to Yaakov Avinu. Sheparo loy gazar el al-zicharim. Paro decreed only that the male children be put to Death. The way the Baal Haggadah is writing it is that Lovin was worse than Paro because, unlike Paro, who only decreed against the males, the Jewish males, the Jewish males, Lovin was Bikish Laakar Sakal. He had planned to uproot all, he wanted to destroy everyone. We see a major contrast between Paro and Lovin, right? Paro only issued a decree against males, Lovin wished to uproot everything says the Sfas Emes, the holy Sfas Emes. He points out an amazing idea. He says, if Lavan had not wanted to uproot all, he very well may have been successful. 
Just like Parah was somewhat successful, many, many Jewish males were killed. In fact, we know Moshe, he was, hit, he was hidden and he, he, he was able to get out of that from what his mother and sister did. But uh, many, many of the Jewish males ended up dying, which was the decree of Paro. Paro was successful to a certain degree with his decree. Lavan, though, Lavan, what happened with that? Says the Svasemis, since Lavan went to the extreme and sought to destroy all the Jewish, all the Jewish people, Hashem did not let him accomplish even anything. It's such a powerful idea. Lovin wanted to uproot everything, and in turn he accomplished absolutely nothing. It's similar to Haman, who wished to destroy all the Jews, specifically all the Jews, and he ended up accomplishing absolutely nothing. You know, Chazal in Mesechus Hashanah 4b tell us, Tafasta Meruba Lo Tafasta. If you try grabbing too much in life, you end up grabbing nothing. Yet, Tafasta Muat Tafasta. You know how to live? You, when you try to grab a little bit, then you end up grabbing something. It, this also, it all goes back to the claw game. The claw game is like the secret to life. The way to win the claw game at an amusement park, is to grab a little bit. Focus on the one, on the small, and not, type, and not try to grab all of them. You know, our great sages are teaching us that overreaching and trying for too much can and will often have a ricochet effect. Yes, we say the difference between try and triumph is a little bit of oomph. It's one of my favorite quotes. And we always have to strive to do that little bit of oomph, but we can't do too much you know, ironically, we learn from Yaakov Avinu in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayetze, what the right approach to life is. This idea of tafasta, muat tafasta. You know, out of all the things that Yaakov Avinu could have dreamt about, the vision, the prophecy, the dream, Vayachalun, the dream that Yaakov Avinu experienced was one of a sulam, a ladder. You know, by definition, a ladder is constructed with one rung on top of another. The way you climb a ladder is one small step at a time, one rung at a time. You can't skip a rung. It's not safe. It's not advisable. It's not part of the safety protocols. That's just not what you do. The way you climb a ladder is one rung at a time. One, two, three. We don't skip. We don't try to grab it all. We don't try to just get to the top. You know, this is the tafasta mua, tafasta philosophy. And it's this approach, when we strive for greatness by taking one small step at a time, that will surely elevate us and allow us to ascend the spiritual ladder of greatness, the spiritual sulam of holiness. We can't try to do it all. You know, if you try to have a say, I'm going to try to finish I'm going to try to finish it all today. It's not possible. you got to just do one thing. Focus on one. And then that will lead to two. And that will lead to three. And so on and so forth. And you'll find you'll be able to accomplish so much more. You know, there's, uh, an, interesting, there's an interesting idea related to the stones. You know, it says, Vayikach, right? That Yaakov took 
First it says from the stones, and Rashi points out, based on the Gemara in Chulin 91, that there was a meriva, there was an argument between the stones. Each one said, Allah right? Upon me, the righteous person, the righteous one, in reference to Yaakov, obviously, that's where he should place his head, on me, on me. And Hashem, it says, Miyad, Hashem made them into one. Hashem made them into one. So the multiple, the multitude of stones ultimately became became one. Um, and it's interesting. It's that one stone that was the ultimate, that was like the first of the stones for the construction of the Beis HaMikdash, right? Because Yaakovin himself calls this the Beis HaLukim. It's that stone. It's one stone isn't that interesting? You think about what Yaakovinu's contribution was for the Beis HaMikdash, and yet it's we call it the Beis HaLukim. It's, it's an Evanachas. It's one stone. You know, it's not about laying the foundation, the, the you know, putting in a million stones. Because if you try to do a million stones, guess what? Tafasta, Maruba, low Tafasta. You might not end up, you know, might not end up doing any stones. But if you do one stone, you know, the same Yaakov who had the dream about the ladder is the same one who had this one stone. And it's it's that that that's our contribution and that's a that's an amazing thing. It's one stone. That's just one stone at a time. And then do another, and then do another rung, and another stone, and another rung, and so on and so forth. This, my friends, is the recipe for greatness. You know, we don't have to look too far. This is what Yaakov Avinu, one of our greats, um, did. And let us try to do and follow in, in his footsteps. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Torah Sparks podcast. If you enjoy this content, please leave a rating. Please leave a review. It can go a long way. And with that, we'll see you next time.